and welcome to the Vexillogicast. From the home of the now-controversial Bill Cosby, I'm Simon the Cannibal. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking about controversial symbolism. Somewhat on flags, but mostly going astray. This is going to be kind of a rambly episode, uh, for which I apologize. I really tried to get a proper narrative going, but nothing really stuck. So I figured I'd record it and see what happens. As you well know, you can hop on over to vexillogicast.com, that is V-E-X-I-L-L-O-G-I-C-A-S-T dot com, for show notes and the subreddit r slash Simon the Cannibal for discussion. And before I jump into the show proper, I was talking yesterday with people who said I should start giving shoutouts to people for money. While I don't know that I'm going to do that, it occurs to me that I should shout out to one person in particular, and this is my youngest listener. Hi, Gabby. I hope you're doing well. To start off, I wanted to mention how the genesis of this episode happened. Basically, I went up and I spent a weekend in New York City with some friends, and we got to talking, and my love of flags came up, which then turned into my friend showing me a couple of columns for The Gothamist by Jen Carlson, which were written uh, just a few weeks ago. In these columns, she talks about how there exists a Confederate flag motif in the Times Square station of the New York subway. This led down quite the rabbit hole of controversial flags, controversial symbolism, and how we should talk about that and deal with it today. To get the gist of the original article, which of course I will link to, there was a gentleman by the name of Adolf Ox, who was a Confederate sympathizer who ran a newspaper in the South before moving up to New York City and buying the New York Times. He saved the New York Times from bankruptcy. He moved the New York Times to Times Square, at that time not named as such, and really left his big stamp on the area. As such, when the subway station was redone in 1917, they did a little Confederate flag motif in the mosaics that most people don't pay attention to. It's up high, it's out of the way. You won't see it unless you're looking for it. And let's face it, if you're using the subway in New York, you have some place to be. But that being said, there exists the Confederate flag all around the Times Square subway station. Apparently the mosaic was updated and redone as recently as 1998. And the MTA claims that it is the crossroads of the world kind of symbolism, which I understand their urge to rebrand. But at the same time, it's pretty obvious that this was a Confederate, Confederate battle flag in honor of Adolf Ox. And that is O-C-H-S. So again, I read about this and I thought, well, that's pretty interesting. And that's funny to me how that symbol has brought up a little bit of controversy recently. And then it got me to thinking about the different symbols that I see as I walk to work every day. For example, I pass by a swastika on the Lafayette building, which is part of a meander, 
but it's most certainly you can still see the swastika remnant in the design on the building on the northeast corner of 6th and Chestnut, which is caddy corner to Independence Hall. And so what do you do with designs like these? What do you do with controversial symbolism that predates the controversy or controversial symbolism that is just a part of the tapestry of history? In both of these cases, in Times Square case and the Lafayette Buildings case, neither of them are certainly promoting a return to the Confederacy or fascism or anything like that. And if we really want to get into fascist symbolism, one needs to look no further than the Senate, which, of course, the Speaker's podium or whatever you call it in the middle of the Senate, is flanked by two big fascies. And this is the bundle of sticks with an axe head that is the Roman symbolism for power, for the will of the people that was incorporated into the Capitol building before the rise of fascism, but of course is the same symbol that fascism got its name from. Obviously, I can't advocate for the Senate to go in and chisel out a piece of the marble behind them, but it's still there. And it still interests me to see how people deal with it. And again, I would like to make a distinction. These are pieces of history that have become controversial or were not controversial, were just a part of a celebration, as opposed to a lot of things that I covered in episode 11, which were provocative and intended to be controversial, the crypto-confederate flags that you see, say, as the state flag of Mississippi or the state flag of Georgia. These flags are deliberately playing a, hey, no one gets upset about this particular brand of Confederate flag, so we'll use that instead of the battle flag, which has become controversial. Similarly, with Nazi symbolism, you see things like the wolf's angel or wolf's angle. I'm not entirely sure. I've I wouldn't be surprised if it was pronounced the second way, which is kind of this crypto-fascist, crypto-Nazi symbol. Just looking at it, you wouldn't say, oh man, that's fascist. It's kind of a, um, if you've seen a long S, it's kind of that, just, just, um, just a bit more angled. If you haven't seen a long S, imagine a line arrow such that it has an arrow tip at both ends, and then remove half of the tips on opposite sides. Again, I'll have pictures in the description and that sort of thing. But this is used by neo-Nazi groups to say, hey, hey, we can't use the swastika, so let's use this wolf's angle. Similarly, the Afrikaner resistance movement in South Africa uses one of my absolute favorite little pieces of historical symbolism, which is a triskelion, but corrupts it in such a way that it is so obvious that they're saying, we're not allowed to use the swastika, so we're just going to break a leg off and twist a little bit. I believe the Afrikaner resistance movement used the same 
pattern of the Nazi flag, unlike other neo-Nazi groups where they try and use a somewhat different pattern so they can't be conflated. Afrikaner resistance movement was really black triskelion, white circle, red background. They had no intention of fooling anyone. And the last one I'll mention of these crypto symbols is the Golden Dawn Meander, where they take a Greek meander, which is, if you imagine a capital N, but kind of square it off so it goes up, over, down, over, up. That's the classical Grecian meander. And you'll see it on a lot of buildings, again, like on the Lafayette building in Philadelphia. And you'll probably see this meander, but it's obvious that the Golden Dawn when they put it on their flag, are trying to signal to other neo-Nazi groups or neo-fascist groups that they're one of them to create a fascist symbolism. And so they've made this classical symbol into a controversial symbol. While I hope that none of these neo-Nazi groups becomes powerful or really sullies any of these symbols, you know, what do you do if the Golden Dawn starts a world-conquering empire, and you're left with the Lafayette building that has meanders all over it, especially since those meanders are also embellished with swastikas. You know, do you chip all that off? How do you deal with this controversial symbolism that, again, really predates these controversial groups? So I, I suppose that the genesis of this particular episode was that it, it's weird that by putting something on a flag or by putting something as a logo, you make it controversial. And how do you deal with the things that predate that or that were more or less innocent at the time? Again, in the case of the Confederate battle flag, for a long time, that just flew over soldiers' graves and didn't have the connotation that it has now. And again, if you don't want to listen to episode 11, the Confederate battle flag really got the connotation that it has now because it was used to signal an opposition to the civil rights movement. You really see a peak of the use of the Confederate battle flag after Brown v. Board of Education especially. And so a 1917 use of the Confederate battle flag, like in the mosaic in the Times Square subway station, shouldn't be viewed the same as a 1960s use of the Confederate battle flag, or perhaps even a 2016 use of the Confederate battle flag, which is where this rabbit hole goes even further, because apparently a major chain in, I think, Argentina or Brazil, a major clothing chain, uses the Confederate battle flag as their logo. They just saw it as something that was American, and let's use it. So what do you do about that? They don't have the Civil War baggage. They don't have the Civil Rights baggage. They just saw, hey, this is a cool logo, which it is, and they used it. Similarly, what do you do about all the East Asian countries that advertise with Hitler? And they have Hitler as their spokesperson or swastikas adorning things that don't carry this fascist Third Reich baggage. You know, to them, Hitler was just another world leader. And if they're stirring up controversy, they're doing so 
only to drum up business because it's okay to use Hitler to brand yourself or to sponsor your restaurant or whatever it might be. I don't know how much more ranty you want me to get. There were a couple other things that are not flag-related but are symbol-related and controversial symbol-related that I thought to glob onto this episode somehow, so I figured I'll throw it in here and maybe some of you will find it interesting. But that is, what do you do about defacing monuments and what do you do about destroying statues? When I was doing research on this, you know, there are a lot of post-Soviet statues. There are a lot of celebratory Confederate statues that exist. And, and what do you do with these? Do you punish people that deface these? Do you deface them yourself? Do you celebrate them? Do you destroy them? They are a piece of history. They are art. They are free speech. But the baggage they carry makes them more than just a bit of marble or a bit of iron or whatever. Similarly, what do you do with borderline cases or cases where it is more controversial in one place than another? For example, on the subreddit r slash vexillology, we have a rule that all Nazi flags are to be marked not safe for work because we had German users complain that they wanted a little heads up, a little marker that said, hey, if you click this link, you're going to get a, a full screen of a Nazi flag and you might be in a library or you might be in your office or you might be on your phone in the transit system or whatever. And suddenly everyone's going to look at you and say, that guy's looking up Nazi flags, and oh, hey, that's illegal in Germany. So the policy for the whole subreddit, which again is a, mostly based in the United States, the, the traffic for which is mostly based in the United States, is that you mark Nazi flags not safe for work. Well, what do you do about flags of the USSR? Because, because those are also illegal in some post-Soviet bloc countries. Do you mark them not safe for work? Do you leave them be? What do you do with these? For the time being, we haven't really put any rules in place for, the, for any of these Soviet flags because the user base in post-Soviet countries is so low that this is not a problem. And we haven't had, say, Romanian users complain. But what do you do if that pops up? The subreddit is, in theory, about learning about flags and Nazi flags, Soviet flags, all that baggage flags should still be learned about. And what do you do about cases that use similar imagery but aren't Nazi flags? For example, the standard of the Finnish Air Force currently has a swastika on it for historic reasons, and they adopted this flag way before the Nazis rose to power in Germany. And so what do you do if a user posts a Finnish Air Force flag? Do you mark that not safe for work? Do you say, hey, this is going to be a Nazi flag? It is a big swastika, but it's not promoting the Nazi ideology. You know, do we treat a Golden Dawn meander as a Nazi flag? It's not, but it is. And then how do you treat flags that are controversial outside of this Western perspective? There's a reason that the people of Bikini Atoll defaced the United States flag for their flag. The United States, as they see it, blew up their homes. 
we detonated atomic bombs on the Bikini Atoll and said, hey, just find a new place. And the Bikini Atoll people, as a flag, as a protest movement, adopted the United States flag, but removed stars equal to the number of islands that we Americans destroyed. Tell me that the American flag is not a controversial flag to them. In the Canada episode, we talked about how Canada adopted a new flag because the flag of the United Kingdom was controversial for the Egyptians. What do you do about that? If this was, if the subreddit was based in Egypt, would we be censoring the UK flag? Would we be censoring the French flag? I don't think so. But at the same time, what do you do? I'm not, obviously, I can't equate these to the Nazis, but they're controversial nonetheless. And then to go back to even earlier, what do you do about the same flag if it's a different shade of color? If you remember the interview with Raphael, if there are two Puerto Rican houses across the street, if one's flying a navy blue Puerto Rican flag and one's flying a royal blue Puerto Rican flag, they're probably not friends. Or they might have went to different flag dealers. But the point stands, what do you do about such a simple, stupid little difference that means a whole lot to people? So... Yeah, I'm sorry for rambling on a bit and asking a whole lot of questions that I don't have answers to, but I hope that maybe you learned one or two things. Um, I look forward to hearing what, if anything, happens with the Times Square metro station. Personally, I feel that they should leave it. It's more historical than not, and I think that it would be more of a deal if they gave it power by destroying it. But at the same time, people visiting New York City, people visiting Times Square, can and will come face to face with this legacy of the Confederacy. All right. I think that's enough for today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope to be a little bit quicker with the next few episodes. Until then, you can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at Cannibal underscore Simon. On Facebook, just search the Vexillogicast. You can sponsor the show on Patreon. Links and more information at Vexillogicast.com. And discussion on the subreddit r slash Simon the Cannibal. Thanks again for listening, and best wishes from the Vexillogicast. <laughs>